Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCollum. And as always, thank you, Dick Warren. It is delightful to be with you, my friends. Thank you so much for being here. I've got a little... uh, issue with my headset, so if I sound like I'm talking to myself, well, how would that be different, right? Okay, Christopher McAuliffe, I'm not your lover, I'm not your friend, I am something you will never comprehend, but today was a show, uh, listen, if you're a frequent listener to this show, well, I'd like to apologize, but if you are, uh, I want, you'll know this, that when I get folks on this show, and especially folks who have sent me some sort of an outline or questions or preparation materials. Sure, I read them stuff, but then I will do what I can to get them off message or off of their prepared comments so that we can sort of find out who they really are. Well, today's show is going to be a little different. I'm actually going to go with the flow today, go with the scripted um, parts, go with the prepared parts, because I believe that we're all going to learn something by me doing that. In particular, we've got an extraordinary opportunity today. We've got a panel of people. I'm just going to describe them as people now, and you'll find out why in a moment. And we're going to – these people are passionate about the dynamics of power, privilege, rank, and culture, diversity, and inclusion in coach education. And they're revolutionaries. They're in action to revolutionize those dynamics in coach education. And that means in coaching worldwide, and that means in life worldwide. Sounds good, right? It's going to be good. And, you know, I'm going with the flow on the scripting. You need to know a few things, though, before we get started. The first is um, we are just delighted, proud, and tickled pink to be longtime media partners with the International Coach Federation. So the International Coach Federation, as you know, is the preeminent, shall we say. It's the world's largest organization of professionally trained coaches. It's also an extraordinary association. The International Coach Federation, also known as the ICF, is a not-for-profit, standalone um, body organization that stands in support of coaching and coaches. It's a leading global organization dedicated to advancing the coaching profession. They do that by setting high standards, providing independent certification, ethical standards, and by building a worldwide network of trained coaching professionals. They also have the world's largest storehouse of research materials and information about coaching. So I don't know about you, but every time I go to answer an RFP or address or prepare for a talk or an opportunity to work with an organization, I go check out the archives and the research files over at the ICF. In addition, of course, our ethical standards and ethical review, independent review board are there. It's just an extraordinary organization. And as the world's largest organization of professionally trained coaches, it elicits instant credibility for its members like me. So check it out for membership, for the research, for the information opportunities, for connecting to other coaches, and for the local chapters and events near you. Um, The ICF is committed to connecting professional coaches with all the tools and resources we need to succeed in our careers. And you can stay up to date. You can find out more by going to coachfederation.org. Or check them out on Twitter and check them out on Twitter at at ICFHQ. That's at ICFHQ or coachfederation.org. We're also delighted to have an ICF representative on this here show at least quarterly. 
if not more often, and we've had people like the executive director and the director of research and the director of membership, and uh, we're delighted to always work with them. All right. In addition, I want you to know, listen, if you're like me, well, you know, God help you. But if you are, when you went to look for or go to look for coach training or coaching development in your career, you're looking for the best. You're looking for the Harvard, the Oxford, the Stanford of coaching. And I want you to look at accomplishment coaching designed from the very beginning to be the world's finest coach training program. They're in North America. They have uh, nine, nine programs in six cities across North America, so one near you. And my favorite thing about them, accomplishment coaching, is you can go and observe the coach training program before you put down a dime, before you commit to anything. If you want to check out coach training, mostly it's a black box, right? People will tell you about it. They'll give you an introduction. But accomplishment coaching has you actually come and observe the coach training and process. It's more rigorous, more hours, more coaching hours, more books, more work to do than any other training program. But it's also one program. It's not a series of modules. It's not 27 different things. It's one program that you do one time to get the world's finest coaching education. Please check it out online, accomplishmentcoaching.com, or in a city near you. They're in San Diego, California, Seattle, Washington, Victoria, B.C., in Canada, Chicago, Illinois, New York City, the Big Apple, and Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, which frankly could use some coaching these days. All right, accomplishmentcoaching.com. Now that we've spoken about our sponsors and our media partners, let's get to it. Uh, As I said, I'm going to give you a very brief introduction of the group of people we've got. Uh, They're coach educators. They're passionate about getting into action to revolutionize the dynamics of power, privilege, rank, and culture, diversity, and inclusion in coach education. This group is a collaborative effort, and it represents eight different coach training schools, both vocational and academic. This group has a planned event coming up. It's called a summit, and its name is Calling In Power and Culture, Revolutionizing Coach Education. This summit will be held September 16th and 17th of 2017 in Toronto, Canada, or as natives say, Toronto, Canada, The summit will be a starting point for the work that will move this revolution forward. As a group, they recently presented a preview of the summit at the ACTO conference in Toronto, Toronto, that was very well received. I was uh, one of the participants there. I was delighted at what came out of that. So I'm going to give you the most brief intro I can. We've got Hallie McNabb from Accomplishment Coaching, Johnny Manzan-Santos from Leadership That Works, and Jody Sleeper Triplett from JST Coaching and Training. To get our conversation started today and to introduce the rest of the group in a particular way is Hallie McNabb. Hallie? Thank you. Thank you so much, Christopher. Uh, Wonderful to be here today. And let's just dive in. Um, As Christopher mentioned, we are going to introduce ourselves in a little bit of a different way than you might be used to. Um, And we're going to use our introductions as a bit of an exercise that relates to our passion and our topic. And maybe, Christopher, you'd like to participate in the exercise, too. So try, trust, try maybe, and keep me out of it, yeah. <laughs> and maybe uh, listeners can follow along, too, if there's something for them to think about. So as you mentioned, the summit that we're planning is called Calling In Power and Culture. And uh, just to give you a bit of an explanation, Calling In comes from, we notice that sometimes these conversations um, about diversity can be challenging. So it can be awkward at best, and sometimes they're even shaming. And so it 
it ends up being more of a calling out sometimes where people feel bad, they feel guilty, feel like they're not doing it right or doing enough. Yeah, you know who, so, I, feel, who I feel worst about for, in conversations <laughs> about diversity? White guys. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't know what to say. Yeah. Right. Keep, keep yeah. going. Sorry. Good example. And so we decided to take that language. We wanted to reclaim that language. And we're, we're doing something called calling people in, um, calling them into this conversation and asking them to bring their whole selves to it and to their relationship, to their roles, um, including their roles as educators. Um, so our goal is to create a space, not just in coach education, but ultimately the whole world where it's possible where pe- that people can feel safe mm-hmm. and to bring all the parts of themselves. So we're going to model this calling in exercise, and this is something that coach educators can do in their schools right now. Um, it's a, it makes an impact. So we're going to introduce ourselves on the topic, again, in a slightly different way than you might be used to. So I'm going to start. So... I'm Hallie McNabb. I'm white. I'm Canadian. I'm a woman. I speak one language. I'm a highly educated middle class family. Um, university wasn't a yes or no question. It was a which one are you going to question. Uh, I'm a lesbian. I have an invisible disability. I have MS. And I got married for the first time last year at the age of 44, legally, to a person of the same gender. And I'm a non-practicing engineer who became a coach and a coach educator. And now I'd love to introduce you to my co-revolutionaries, as we are calling ourselves. Um, first, Johnny Manson. Johnny, will you introduce yourself? Yes, hi. Um, good morning, everyone. And Hallie, we've been working, um, and thank you, Chris, for um, teeing up the ball here. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Um, have been working with you, Hallie, for a bunch of time now, and even hearing your intro now, uh, it makes me lean forward a little more. So, so thank you for introducing yourself right before me. Um, my name is Johnny, and I am a faculty member at a coaching school called Leadership That Works. Um, I identify as a cisgender queer man of color, um, English is my first language. Um, that's my dominant language. And Italian is my second language. Um, and I operate in Spanish and French as well. Um, I'm the youngest child of four. My parents were immigrants to the United States um, from the Philippines. Um, and that is important after World War II because there was a quota of 50, that's 5 Filipinos who could immigrate to the States. So it was virtual exclusion. Um, I grew up in a family where my dad was a cook in the U.S. Army. So um, my family was a military family. I was a military brat, and we were working class. Um, I got the opportunity to attend private schools, um, receiving financial aid, and now I, I like this to say this marker of being in middle class that I co-own a home with a bank. Um, And I came up politically in a um, a cross-issue, multiracial, very diverse HIV-AIDS movement. Um, And spiritually, 
I like to claim that I'm a Buddhist practitioner in the tradition of the Vietnamese monk Thich Nhat And it being the morning, I'm thinking a lot about getting my child off to school, so I identify as a parent. I'm a co-parent um, of a fostered-up child um, who's now five, and I'm also um, the primary caregiver for my mom, who is with us, who's 87, and living with cognitive challenges. So that is me. Hallie, do I have to awesome. hold my questions? Yeah. <laughs> One I, moment. Let's I do? Let's get right. Jody introduced. All right. Jody, Jody Sleeper Triplet, would you introduce yourself? Great. Thanks, Hallie. And Johnny, wow, both of you, I know so much more already, uh, and I thought I knew you. So I'm Jody Sleeper Triplet. I'm a master certified coach and the founder and CEO of JST Coaching and Training. I'm the first ADHD coach to work with children and teens, and I pushed beyond the comments from everyone saying this can't be done, kids can't be coached, and 20 years later, I'm Mm -hmm. still here. I'm a coach educator and a coaching program developer. I'm a woman, a wife, a grieving mother. I lost my 27-year-old son suddenly just two years ago this week. I'm a survivor, Mm -hmm. a cat lover and an advocate for mental health parity in the work that I've been doing uh, professionally and personally as a volunteer for the past um, 40 years, I would say. I really have seen the need for us to step up to the plate for mental health parity, and that's very important um, for me as we go forward uh, in the world. I'm a white American Jewish Boston-born baby boomer, uh, but I've spent the past 38 years living and working in Northern Virginia, right? Literally can see the, uh, the, the capital from my office window. I'm a college-educated and self-made. I really had to work my way through from high school all the way through working and going to school, juggling a lot. Um, but it was a great experience for me. Um, and I'm determined to make a difference in the lives of children and that's my passion, and uh, from that, I really am considered heart-driven, but to a fault. It's just my heart leads my head, and it works for me, and thankfully it works for all the people around me, and that's who I am. Can, can I ask hey. questions now? So, uh, Christopher, yeah. I warned you before. <laughs> Do you want to practice? Do you want to play? Well, first, can I ask questions first? Yeah. So, Johnny, in particular, I think you use some language or jargon or lingo that um, may be, that certainly sounded uh, challenging to me, and I just want to make sure that we're including everybody, given our inclusive nature and genes. Um, Johnny, will you, will you say more about what it is to be cisgender male? Also, will you uh, share more about foster adopt child and co-parent and a Buddhist practitioner, and I can go back over those individually, but I wanted to identify some words or terms that we may not be familiar with. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, Yeah, cisgender is a term that I feel important to identify um, with, and that's when, that's, I use the term cisgender, that's when my sense of personal identity and expression around gender corresponds with the gender that was assigned to me at birth. And um, cisgender is often used um, 
in conversations with transgender people whose personal identity and expression are not, um, do not correspond with the gender that they were assigned at birth. Gotcha. So there is a lot of power and privilege um, being a cisgender person, and it's important to name that and not just assume. You know, you mentioned white guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I'm going to the, the newspaper when we hear that someone was, um, I don't know, in the news. And even if it's like someone who commits a crime, um, we never talk about or rarely mention when the person who is in the news is white, because everybody is assumed to be white, um, unless you're not. And that's often when um, race is mentioned when you're not white. Um, So there's power and privilege in being a white person in a white dominant society. Similarly, there's power and privilege in being a cisgender person in a society um, that has systems that really um, affirm what it means to be cisgender. Does that make sense? Yeah, thanks. Do you yeah. remember what the other ones were? You, you asked you... about... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and please um, uh, use the hook if I'm going too long. <laughs> um, Fast adopt is a is a hyphenated term, foster, adopt. And um, what that means is that um, my particular and my particular path to parenthood um, was to um, look at adoption in the foster care system in the United States. So there are thousands, there are actually um, about a half a million foster children in the United States, many of whom are looking to be adopted. So my partner, my male partner and I, uh, my spouse and I, um, decided to adopt through the foster care system. And so that's known as foster adoption. And we received our our child at five weeks old. Wow. Cool. And um, I heard co-parent, and I'm interested in how that differs from parent-parent, and also Buddhist practitioner. I, I heard that your I heard you sort of choose that word, or what I interpreted as you choosing that word, practitioner. Anything you want to clarify there? Um, yeah, you know, co-parent, I feel like, um, I feel like all children, there, there's a couple things. One, all children are co-parented by, by, villi- by many people in the village. Mm-hmm. Um, so and uh, unfortunately but online, also, right? Yeah, yes. Um, and it's important, I wanted to to mention the fact that I'm not a single parent, but that I um, have someone who is parenting with me. So um, I wanted to acknowledge the relationship, um, that I'm not doing this alone, and hence the term Mm -hmm. co-parent. And Buddhist practitioner, um, I'm I'm curious what maybe the the question there is. what I will say is that I was raised as a Catholic, that's my root tradition, but um, felt more resonance with Buddhism um, in my early 20s, and that's um, how I identify, um, that's how I've identified since then. Cool. Thanks so much for that. And Hallie, if, 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 thank you for the diversion from our uh, mm. regular schedule here. I'll get back to the opportunity you gave me. So yeah, yeah. So, what I... What I, hear, what I hear as the opportunity is to 
introduce ourselves not as we normally do. You know, I love what Jody did because I'm familiar with that, right? Somebody leading with qualifications. I have this this right. uh, degree and I'm this professionally and like that, right? And then right. she was so – she sort of delved into like the more intimate stuff, right? Grieving mother, 27-year – holy crap, right? Um but I hear the opportunity is to more introduce ourselves as we identify versus our sort of normal operating procedures. So that's the plan I'm going to follow, okay? Okay, great. So what I notice is my first identification is male. And I wouldn't have said cisgender because I'm not in a community that you know often defines that or I don't hang out in communities that define that, but definitely cisgender male, like male. Um, I notice more and more these days, especially with what I perceive as trouble in our country, I'm uh, identifying as American. And the the biggest surprise to me, both when I did this exercise before and when I'm looking at it today, is how much I identify with being older now. You know, I'm 55, Mm -hmm. and in many restaurants that qualifies me for a senior discount, and yet I'm a parent of a co-parent, I guess, but it's not the language I would use. Uh, uh, maybe more of an anti-parent, the way my wife and I argue sometimes, um, is uh, that really I'm I'm feeling the reflection of society of me as now some sort of an authority or um, figure of the uh, uh, institutions that people are mostly against. When I used to be perceived as you know sort of a liberal crazy person and now I'm like just by virtue of my age and color of my hair I'm often perceived as and perhaps the suits that I wear uh, as part of the establishment I identify as married and I notice that I don't relate to it as like I found the love of my life but rather now I can't date anymore I identify as a business person as a liberal tax and spend democrat which feels like a team these days like i'm rooting for my team and against another team i identify and that's and that's what i identify with as public like i would draw a line there in terms of that's what i let people know about me what's most important to me that is not what i would normally share is being a parent being a father to my children that's like the most important treasured loving bond I've ever experienced and it feels so private that I don't want to tell people and then also um, spiritually I'm doing a lot of Buddhist studies lately trying to find my spiritual home after a bunch of years in everything from you know Catholicism to universal Unitarianism and so I guess that I really identify more as a seeker than a Buddhist or a UU or anything else does that uh, follow what you were looking for? Yeah it's it's Wonderful, and I, I think what we are doing, what we are trying to do, we're <laughs> very cautious to use the language that we are uh, learning with everybody else. Um, what our assertion is that when we bring ourselves fully into a space, into a conversation with our students, and we are able to own um, the ways that we, um, we feel challenged and the ways that we feel rank and privilege, uh, it actually creates a space other people to bring their whole self to, the things they're proud of, the things they're ashamed of, and bring it all. And so it creates intimacy, it creates vulnerability, and this is when we get the prize of diversity and creativity is when we can all bring our whole selves. So um, that was our experience at the ACTO conference as well, that it brought people immediately into the space and into relationship with one another. So, uh, yeah. 
there was something, uh, this is Johnny, I, I wanted to lift up, too, that your questions, Chris, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're coaches and coach educators, so we want to bring our curiosity. And we all um, identify using different terms or different language. And so part of providing the opportunity for us to do that at the top here on the call is to even show the different ways that we might identify um, we might identify even though we might check the same box on a form. Nice. So the way we talk about ourselves is also data, as we know, as coaches. And um, to even, um, you know, when I think of, uh, you know, as a parent, and I think, Chris, you said that intimate bond, that those are who our clients and our students are, right? They have those intimate bonds and um, to echo showing up whole. Um, we all want to bring all parts of ourselves as much as possible. And what's our responsibility as coach educators to make sure that container is as inviting and affirming um, as possible? It's beautifully said. This is Jody, and I'd just like to add to that, echo what you said, Johnny. That Christopher, the fact that, that you inquired and wanted to know more and really thinking about our audience here, that part of this for me is that creating awareness, which is so key in coaching and in our lives. If I don't know what something means, do I necessarily ask or quietly go Google it? And how nice. do we as human beings start to to put out there that I'm curious about you. I want to know more. What does that mean? Rather than feeling like, oh, I don't know, so I need to be embarrassed about that. Right, exactly. Or, And continue, out of that embarrassment, continue my ignorance or lack of knowledge, right? Yes. Cause and you being willing to ask the questions immediately has us go, oh, what was I assuming? Nice. What, so you're challenging our assumptions that we don't even know we're making about what everybody else might understand. So that is part of this conversation, too. It's a huge part of it that we are asking people to really elevate and challenge the assumptions they don't even know they have, yeah. and that's where we need other human beings to be Man, able to do that. Man, if that's all we got out of today, that would be so valuable. And just to look at it, the music tells us it's time for the one break that we've allowed ourselves today. So this gives you, my dear listener, and us an opportunity to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll find out more about this extraordinary summit and this work. Meanwhile, go Google Calling In Power and Culture, or go to the Eventbrite site or the YouTube channel, Calling In Power and Culture. Back with more right after these words. Stay with us. I raised $8,000 to build schools for South African children. After realizing how many people go hungry in San Diego, I now volunteer at a food pantry. I'm spending the next year doing volunteer projects across three countries and helping in ways they designate to be the most helpful. The World Link program at the Joan B. Kroc Institute for Peace and Justice recognizes the potential of youth as agents of social change. Learn how you can help youth become a generation of leaders in action at peace.sandiego.edu. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CM founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. 
Fin Village connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. Vin Village is where wine lovers connect. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. <laughs> 